Jersey, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Well, well. How is everybody doing today? It is Thursday. Another day. Is it another controversy? I don't know. I'll ask you your thoughts and opinions. The latest thing that everyone's talking about when it comes to Zion Williamson. Got plenty to get into today. A couple of guests. And as always, we do have guests when it comes to college baseball on Thursday here. We're going to be visiting with Matt Reiser at 1245 from Southeastern. Mike Silva is going to join us at 115 on Thursdays, head coach of Nichols Baseball. We're going to try to get with David Kahn. He called Tulane and and um and Nichols yesterday. They're on the road right now on the bus heading to Louisiana Tech. Tech taking on LSU yesterday and winning. We'll touch on LSU basketball losing at Kentucky uh, as well in a tight game. So we'll get into all of that and more. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation if you would like to. You can also call us at 800-998-1003 and you can tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. So we got a handful of topics and things to get into today. And your guest list here coming up, Christian Clark's going to join us at 1215. We'll chat with him about where the Pels go moving forward here. 23 games remain. As we spoke with, obviously, Daniel Salerson yesterday towards the end of the show about this team having 23 games left. And what was the starting lineup's going to sort of be... Can we expect this team to sort of, you know, catch fire, which they're going to sort of have to do? How many games realistically you think they need to win in order to get into that 10th seed? How many do you think? Daniel said they got to at least be above 500. Well, it was 23. So what do you think? I mean, 11 and 11 would be 22, so 12 and 11. I think it, I think at least, I probably, I'm saying at least 15 wins. Can they win 15 of 23? You think they can do that? I don't know. I, I, I think with the way CJ McCollum is playing, that'll work. But, you know, can his team figure it out? They play hard. They've been in games. Can they find ways to get wins? The first two games on this brief two-game road trip starting tomorrow is going to be an interesting one. Got the Suns without Chris Paul. You have the Lakers without Anthony Davis. It's the first two, and you come back and take Sacramento. I mean, these these are games I think they can win. Now, action does get back tonight. In the NBA with a handful of games. Again, Pelicans don't play until tomorrow. But you do have some games tonight. Got the Cavs at the Pistons, Celtics at the Nets, Hawks at the Bulls, Grizzlies at the Timberwolves, Suns at the Thunder, Warriors at the Blazers, Nuggets at the Kings. TNT late game. It is Golden State and Portland. 
And the other game is the Celtics at the Nets. So we will be keeping our eye on the Warriors and Blazers. Now, you heard me say Suns and Thunder. So Phoenix is at OKC. They're on the road. So that's interesting from that standpoint where, you know, again, you're without Chris. You're on the road tonight. And then they fly to Phoenix and and host the Pelicans. Pelicans, no games until tomorrow. I don't know if that's a bit of an advantage. I, I would rather not be playing until tomorrow if I'm the Pels, I'm sure. So it's a back-to-back for the Suns. And it's on the road. So, you know, that travel and all that, I don't know. But I, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is... Is that a winnable game? Needs to be, right? Like to see you get get going out of the all-star break with the victory. And then you got the Lakers on Sunday. And so much is going on there and speculation as to what they do and and where to play. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. But I'd like to hear from you. 800 998 How many games do you think the Pelicans need to win? of the final 23 to get that 10th spot. How many? And do you think they can do it? I think they can. Especially when you look at Portland, get Nurkic being injured, going to be out a little bit. As Daniel was saying that yesterday. We'll ask Christian Clark a little bit about that. And, you know, realistically, what does he think? What is the win total? Can they do it in the Lakers? Man, I'm telling you, you just you, you go around and you listen. Around and around the the. League, national news, whatever. I mean, there's legit, I, I wouldn't say chaos, but they're trying to figure out what direction they want to go, which is kind of unbelievable. Do they make the playoffs? Two and a half from the 10th spot. That's it. There's no guarantee. The way the Western Conference lines up this afternoon as we get started, it's the Suns in the first spot. Six and a half back are the Warriors. Memphis, eight. So they're Two and a half back of the second spot with Golden State. Utah is fourth, 12 back of Phoenix. Dallas, 13 and a half back of Phoenix. Their fifth, six is the Nuggets, 15 games back. Now, again, seven and eight, nine and 10. Those are the play in situations. Minnesota is seven. Clippers are eight. It's a two game separation between seven and eight. The Lakers, two and a half game separation between the Lakers and Clippers. Lakers are nine. Portland, 10. That's a two-and-a-half game separation there. Lakers 21, Portland 23-and-a-half out of the top spot. So, then you got the Spurs 25-and-a-half. You got the Pels 25-and-a-half. So, two games back of Portland, 23 to go. That kind of gives you an idea as to where we are when it comes to that. 800-998-1003. How many wins do you think the Pels need to get to that 10 spot? Do you think they can do it? So they get ready to play tomorrow at Phoenix, Suns at OKC. So you heard me mention it towards the top of the show, and we'll get into it here a bit because I am interested in your opinions because this week has been, you know, one of them weeks when it comes to Pelicans, particularly Zion Williamson. seems that basically everyone is writing a story from the Athletic to the Picayune, Jeff Duncan, Christian Clark, who's going to have uh, coming up next segment about – whether or not this relationship is repairable, where is it at, et cetera, et cetera. So we've talked about that at length the last couple of days, haven't we? We've talked about that at length. And it's 
That's one aspect of it. Who's at fault? Or does it even matter at this point? I think we all probably feel that it's best for both parties to make it work one way, shape, or form. At least for next year. And then we'll figure out what's going on, right? We play, we played the soundbite of Kendrick Perkins yesterday. Saying that while he was coaching for the NBA Combine, when Zion was going into the draft that year, he was ordering two pizzas to his room. Things of that nature. Weight has been an issue. We've seen it with our eyes. It's been something that social media has taken and run with. It's been something that Pels fans have brought up when they're unhappy about the situation, his injury. The national media has harped on it. The reason I bring it up is because the crew of chaos... Uh, the paper, the advocate put out layout of all their floats coming up. They've been doing that for all the different parades. And the crew of chaos is a satirical, political, kind of in-your-face, probably PG-13 and above type floats. So there's a couple of floats that are of sports figures. You have quarterback Drew Brees. Being on one. And on Breeze's float, that has a, you know, sign of San Diego. I think, is that LL Cool J going back to Cali? Singing on the waves of the shore. Then there's Drew on the beach, and he's got a wagon. And he's got a couple of Super Bowls, all the awards and records. And he's in flip-flops, and he's heading away from the water. And he has a can in his right hand that says NBC hair. And he's spraying his head. And uh, there's a quote next to it. It says, I'm out of here. And there's a girl, I don't know, is that his wife doing Pilates by the sunset? But in the upper left-hand corner, it says, thanks, Drew. Then there's a float of Ed Ogeron. He's in uh, Piro. He's got two stash fulls of hand of cash. On front of it, it says $17 million buyout. Got a gator taking a chomp at the binder, the infamous binder with an LSU logo on it. There's a tiger in the, in the water in the swamp, and he's clawed at the, the crystal football underneath the wagon. It says back down the bayou and a bunch of, of bottles. And on there is, you know, fired coaches' names and things of that nature. Lots of cash in the water. And then uh, there's a tree, and uh, the leaves and branches connect to Tiger Stadium. And I guess it's, I don't know, Garden of Eden sort of thing. There's a, a blonde female <laughs> sticking out of Death Valley. You can see her leg there. There's a snake. That's why I'm going with the Garden of Eden thing. There's a snake serpent thing behind her head, and... Instead of um, apples or different fruits on the tree, it's Viagra pills. So I'm just giving you an idea what those floats are sort of like. The float in question has got a lot of people on Twitter right now debating and, and speaking is the one that has Zion in it. So on the float, the front of the float, there's a crawfish pot. I'm going to go with, right? There's a pelican in it. On the front of it, it says deep fried pelicans. Underneath the flame, it says supersized. Then there's a bunch of donuts as you keep going from left to right. Uh-oh. 
That's what looks like a basketball court. It's the free throw line area, and it says fried foul line with 300 pounds pointing to a bunch of chomped, I guess, looks like roast beef po' boys or burgers. And at the very top of the float, there's what would be, I guess, Zion. There's a red jersey, his number one, but underneath it, instead of NOLA or New Orleans or Pelicans, it says ton for one ton. He's got his toe sticking out of the sock on the right um, foot, no shoe. There's a basketball, his left hand's holding a pole boy. There's a quote next to his face that says, I'm hungry. His right hand's holding a dollar bill or a bill, a piece of cash. Zion contract on the left next to a basketball and a rim with cash flowing out of it. So there's a lot of members in the local media that have said that's crossed the line. And that's why I wanted to kind of go over all of the different floats, or at least two in particular that have to do with sports figures in this parade to kind of give you some context. That's kind of what they do, chaos. But some folks, Jake Madison, others, feel that it it's crossed the line attacking his weights being in that direction um couple of reporters have tweeted at zion and others nationally so they can see it and i guess maybe that's where a lot of people are sort of feeling what's the point of this now again that crew that's what they do is it over the line is that Again, it's not the crew's responsibility to repair a relationship or get a player. I mean, that's what they do. They're satirical. They're political. They will come at you. But in today's world, in context, that's probably going to make the rounds nationally. There's already a feeling that things aren't going well in New Orleans. Can that be taken into a type of context nationally where, oh, the city of New Orleans has turned on Zion. Now look at what they're doing. He He's a fat caricature on a float during Mardi Gras, their, their prize little parade they do. I, I'm just asking. I, I don't know. How do you take this? Now, look, granted, you know, there's a lot of people on one side saying, hey, it wouldn't have gotten that point if he would have watched his weight. It wouldn't have gotten that point if, you know, he's around. Is this a representation of how the fan base sort of feels? But did it cross the line? So give it some thought. You can go look for it. It's on social media if you want to see the photo. But I gave you some context in terms of Drew Brees is on there spraying his hair with the can. At least they say thank you. Uh, Coach O, two handfuls of cash. There's a blonde with her legs sticking out of Tiger Stadium. And there's Zion with the jersey that says one ton. We'll talk to Christian Clark of the Picayune and the Advocate next on ESPN New Orleans. It's time to have fun, so come on in. Come on in and win. It's magic. Come and feel the magic. It's the thrill of Las Vegas right here at home at your local Cash Magic Casinos with nine locations throughout Southeast Louisiana. 
Come take a break, have some fun, and let us make you a VIP. At Cash Magic, you'll enjoy the latest video poker games, a fun, friendly atmosphere, and our famous Cash Magic VIP service. It's fun, so come on in and win like magic right in your own backyard at all nine Cash Magic locations in Southeast Louisiana. Homa, Thibodeau, La Rose, Raceland, Galliano, Faya Vista, and on the West Bank Expressway. You'll always be a VIP Cash Magic. Must be 21 or older. Valid ID required. Gambling problem 877-770-STOP. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Ever walk in the kitchen late at night and there's T. Roach? He's a tough bayou bug, so he don't run. He just stares at you, knowing he's got hundreds of hungry buddies around your house ready to take his place when he's gone. Luckily, we have Terminex and local experts Dan and Billy Foster ready to rid your home or business of pests, from nasty roaches to destructive termites. Call for a free inspection. So call those bayou boys. They'll get you, get you, Terminex tough. Oh, big talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Welcome back. Sports Hangover, as always. Appreciate the time Mr. Christian Clark gives us. Covers your Pelicans. For the advocate and the picky you. And Christian, how are you today, man? I was in Cleveland this weekend, and... uh it made me glad I live in New Orleans. <laughs> Weather-wise, right? I mean, I know. it's. Uh, I look outside. I'm like in the tank top, dude. It's warm. It's supposed to get, I guess, cooler over the weekend, sir. But, um, you know, give, give us your thoughts of the All-Star game. And I, I know a lot of people are touching on, hey, can you fix the dunk contest? It wasn't very good. Things of that nature. Can you do that? I don't know. I almost felt like the All-Star weekend wasn't as popular as it has been in the past. Yeah, I would kind of agree with that. I thought it was just kind of eh, you know? Like, I mean, I think the dunk contest, like, they just got to find a way to get the heavy hitters in there. Like, they mm-hmm. got to find a way to get John Morant in there. Hey, you know, if our guy Zion Williamson ever gets healthy, man, it would be really cool to see him. But, like, you know, they got to get, they got to get, like, marquee names in, in the big events. I mean, I think, I think the, the target score, the Elam ending or whatever you want to call it is, like, pretty good for making things more competitive, you know, like that rising stars game, the all-star game. Like I like that change. And uh, one of my friends in Denver, Adam Morris threw out the idea of overtime should be played to a target score of 10. I think that would be a mm. cool way to like, see how it looks at least in like real games. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of, eh. and like, I don't know, man. I mean, I got to, I got to listen to Adam Silver speak for an hour and like, I, I just don't get the sense that like, he really understands like what the league's big issues are. Like to me, the league's big issues, uh, there's a lot of, but like, I mean, load management, which to me is like a byproduct of just too many games. And like, they keep at it. They keep talking about adding more games to this mid season tournament. I don't know. You know, I just wasn't that encouraged. It's a very good point. You put that because he did kind of 
I guess gloss would be a good way to sort of put it other than saying, you know, I'm not happy with how certain players are kind of forcing their way. And it has changed a bit, right? Because Christian, you had LeBron taking my talent sort of thing, trying to form super teams. That's kind of cooled off to an extent, maybe super duos. But you've also seen some instances like Brooklyn and in Philly, doesn't always work, right? I mean, you're, so now you're almost seeing where guys are moving just because they're just unhappy for whatever reason in doing those things. And he did say, I don't care for that, but what, what can you do? Because I'm looking at LA, LeBron formed that team. His camp goes into active mode this weekend and, you know, I'm unhappy in LA. Well, you put that team together. So now it's trading AD. Now it's maybe trading LeBron. It just, I don't know if it works, which is what I've been using this week when it comes to Zion, which we'll get into. I just, I, the league is sort of kind of two camps right now, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And like, I mean, to me, you know, I think there was a time when I thought like, you know, like the games of Throny and drama in the NBA was like fun and irritating. And like now to me, it just, it just kind of feels exhausting. It's like, I don't know. There's almost like too much of this. And like, you know, like I think like what's cool to me now is like, you know, what Giannis did last year, like loyalty and like sticking with a team through the hard times. Like, I, honestly, I, ho- I wish to see more of that just like as a fan of the game. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I think what, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in this next like collective bargaining agreement. I mean, I think like, some of these small market teams are, are going to push for things that it, it could increase parity. I mean, I think like a lot of the small market teams would argue that's what makes the NFL great. Like there's parity, like, you know, every team enters a season thinking like, Oh, it has a chance. Um, so how do you do that in the NBA? Um, and yeah, I don't know. You know, it's interesting. I kind of brought that up a little bit. Speaking with Christian Clark covers the Pelicans. I, I'm a fan of the Cubs and baseball, but it, it's, almost to the point where with their TV deals, what have you, and really no cap. It's just, it's just hard to know that the games start and there's no shot, right? This is why I, I kind of, I, I like an expanded playoff. I wish there was a cap in MLB. And to your point in the NFL, you, you still have to draft well. You still have to develop players. You still have to hire good coaches. You still have to have good front office executives, but there's a framework in place that if you do all those things, you can be the Bengals. You can turn around quickly. You can do those things. So you take the case and point to where the Pels are with Zion. You draft a guy like him, and here we are three years later where I feel like everything's come to a head here this week, right? No one's holding back, whether it's JJ, columnist, reporters. It's This is where we are now. I mean, that and that's, that's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, I think I think you're right that like everything kind of finally did come to a head with with you know CJ McCollum saying on Saturday, you know, a guy who's the president of the NBA Players Union, a very accomplished player, said, "Hey, I haven't had a direct conversation with Zion Williamson. You know, what the heck?" And then JJ Redick following that up a few days later, saying, "Like, this is a pattern of a behavior. You know, Zion has just kind of been a detached teammate since he's been in New Orleans." I mean, I thought what Redick said was was just so significant because, Agree. Um, you know, like he's, he started Duke, like he, great relationship with Coach K, like he knows all about that. He's repped by CAA, the same agency as Zion, and he's not a guy who's personally fond of David Griffin. So, mm-hmm. like, to me, all that speaks to, like, yeah, this is a real problem, man. And, I mean, I think JJ is a pretty stand-up guy, like he said on TV, and uh, I think it's true. Like, he said all this in the locker room, um, so... You know, I think he's a pretty honest guy, and I, I thought 
it was pretty telling for sure. I mean, I don't think any party looks looks great right now if you just look at this three years as a whole. And I think this year specifically, like this year's on Zion, man, it, it just is. And I think that's the thing that, that's, I guess, frustrating from my standpoint that I've been sort of expressing this week. I, you don't care for David Griffin, that's fine. But you're not showing a certain level of respect for Willie Green, your teammates, things that nature. That, that's really what stood out in the J.J. Reddit comments, Christian, is that, you know, J.J.'s sitting there saying, hey, look, I addressed this with him in front of the team, that there's certain things you have to do, work on your body, work on your game, work on your mental acumen, and things that nature. And, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, where, look, you, you got to be a professional, and, and or not even that, just be an adult, or, or just be somebody that cares, you know, about the game. And I think that's... That sort of thing. You don't have to read your work or listen to our show or see different podcasts, right? At some point, though, I keep saying, Christian, he's got to be watching ESPN and TNT. And this week, that's all they're talking about, you know, in a negative light. So I think the message has got to get sent at some point, and it might have this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it hasn't if it hasn't sunk in by now that something needs to change, I mean, I just I just don't know. What make what will make it will you know like this this just has to be a wake up call for Zion and you know I think I I got at some of this in the piece I wrote today but like you know I think some of this has to do with you know some of the people around Zion like you know, Zion's stepfather Lee Anderson has had a, a lot of control over his career you know up to this point and I think if you're just being objective and like looking at the results. I don't know if that's gone so great, you know? Like, the guys played in 85 games and, and you know, are, are almost three seasons in. Like, that's essentially one regular season's worth of games in, in three years. I mean, you know, maybe him, uh, I guess, having this level of control and, and not ceding that control to, like, the people who are professionals is right. is a problem. You just have to be objective about it at this point. Like, Zion needs to get with the pros and, like, I mean, I think there needs to be more commitment from him and recognition that, like, I have this very unique body type. Like, it's not it's not easy for me to shed weight like a normal 21-year-old, so I have to take extreme steps to, like, prepare myself to play basketball. Yeah. And it kind of leads us, obviously, to today's kind of topic that we, we see today that a lot of people on social media are going back and forth about, about how he's represented on a Mardi Gras float, and the crew is about satire in politics. But, you know, it... You just can't help but wonder, Christian, if that makes its way to NBA Today on the ESPN show today, if that makes its way on the social media, if that makes its way to Screaming A's desk on first take, and next thing you know, it's the city's turned its back on Zion. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it, it just, it stinks, man. It just, there's no other way to say it. If you're a Pels fan, this stinks. Yeah, I was, I was not a huge fan of that cartoon. I mean, I don't know. That just, to me, that just like crossed the line into being mean. And like, I mean, a, Man, if I was if I was the Pelicans, like I would be playing this like Zion. We want you back, bro. Like, like come on, we'll welcome you back. Like we can be a really good team with you and you're healthy. Right. I mean, I think I don't know. Like I'm not gonna tell people how to live in like the city of New Orleans, but like talents like this don't come around very often. Like Zion, I think if he actually takes diet conditioning training seriously, I think he's already shown he's a talent. Like. He could be, like, the best player in a championship team. I mean, who knows if you ever get another one of those guys in New Orleans. So, like, I mean, I'm not ready to, to give up on it or just say, like, it's done, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, dudes like him just don't come around very often. So you got to do everything you can to try to make it work. 
at cclark underscore one three is the way to follow Christian over on Twitter. All right, so look, there's that. But then there's this. You got 23 games left, sir. <laughs> and you're, you're two games out of the 10 spot. Portland's an interesting spot there at 10. The Lakers are interesting with what they're going to do. The Suns are playing tonight, have a back-to-back against the Pels tomorrow at home. So they got to travel. I, I think these two games, even though it's the Suns and Lakers, I think they're winnable. Of the 23, Christian, how many do you realistically think they have got to win? I say 15. I mean, the the Portland Trailblazers who are two games up right now, like they just announced that Yusuf Nurkic, their starting center, is going to be out a a month with, uh, you know, a foot issue. Like, that's a big help for the Pelicans. Like, it kind of looks like right now, all right, well, it's kind of between you and the Spurs for that 10th spot. So, like, can you just get past the Spurs? Um, And, man, I, I don't know about, like, 15 that might be a little ambitious but like man you just got to do this because like it's such a low bar to clear like you just got a really good player in McCollum. like man you you just got to do this so like you know give your fans like something you know so we had Daniel on yesterday he said at least five you got to be above 500 right so what 11 and 11 is 22 so I mean what 12 and 11 I mean that's why I, I said you know 15 i just set it up there but do you think they can win at least double digit you gotta win at least double digits huh yeah i mean like since that three and 16 start they've essentially played 500 basketball um you know they went one and four since the cj trade like cj has been incredible i mean they they're still kind of figuring out their rotations like I mean, I, I think they're a better team, you know, since they made that trade, although the record might reflect it. But, like, they just got to figure out the right way to, like, use those lineups. And, like, I thought it was a good step moving Devontae Graham to the bench. I don't know. Right. Using him and CJ is, the, you know, the best way to play them. But they just got to figure out that, that other starting spot. Like, they went with Jackson Hayes right before mm-hmm. the All-Star break. Like, the Jackson, JV, Jonas Valanciunas minutes haven't been great. I'm I'm kind of curious, like, does he start Tony Snell? Like, does he just kind of go with, like, you know, a uh, more traditional forward who can shoot it a little bit uh, after, you know, uh, tomorrow going forward? That's what I was going to ask you as we wrap up with Christian Clark, covers the Pelicans for the Advocate and Picayune. Is that the biggest question moving forward here this weekend? Or are we going to see maybe the last time we heard, right, um, from Coach Willie Green? It was sort of like, I don't know what he was asked about. Like, keep playing Garrett Temple. I guess that's what we're looking at tomorrow, right? What are those lineups? What's that rotation off the bench, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Garrett Temple is like just a great, great guy. But Bless his heart. It's, it's probably it's probably time to just take him out of the rotation, you know? Right. Like, yeah. the, the, the numbers are what they are, you know? The, the minutes, and there's a large sample size from the season, have just been really, really tough, so... I think that's a change you got to make. And then, uh, I don't know, if it's up to me, I'd probably start Tony Snow. I hear you, man. Thank you for your time today, Christian. Appreciate it, bud. Yeah, yes, sir. Appreciate you. Yep. At Clark underscore one three. So the way to give him a follow on Twitter. And, of course, go read his latest stuff. The Advocate and Picky You. Pelican Speed Right. When we come back, we'll open up the phone lines. They're open for you. I'd love to hear from you. How many wins do you think the Pels realistically need? to get in that 10 spot and have you seen the floats and what do you think is that over on the line seems like more people than not feel that that was perhaps talking about zion's weight on a float it's a sports hangover on espn new orleans
welcome back. We've missed you. We know it's been tough. Because rebuilding your business isn't for the faint of heart. Your business needs a jump start. And we're here to help. Introducing Surge, symmetrical speed fiber internet for Metel business. Revved up data speeds at 30% off, plus three months free. We're glad you're back. And we're here to make your business surge. Etel Business. Offer valid on three-year contract for two or more business services. An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-size problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will seek king-sized awards for their clients. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250. That's a lot of doctors. More doctors, more services, treating more conditions. And keeping more families healthy. World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional. Water stains on the shower glass. Try rubbing some shaving cream on. Tyler's cleaning crew knows every housekeeping trick in the book. Handling timesheets now. But they need a proper bookkeeper to keep finances tidy. New equipment is a business expense, right? Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Well, it's official. As official as official can get. Yesterday, Saints announcing the 2022 coordinators, coaching staff promotions, and addition of offensive line coach Doug Marone and wide receivers coach Cody Burns. That is on the team's official webpage. So it's official. I mean, I can't get much more official than that. Um, it came out yesterday afternoon about three o'clock and it does say P. Carmichael, offensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, Chris Richard, co-defensive coordinators, Darren Rizzi, special teams coordinator. And when you take a look at it, it also adds that Doug Marone is the the offensive line coach and wide receivers coach is Cody Burns. And then they go into detail as to all the different things about them and um, why they've been promoted to it. So, Ryan Nielsen, co-defensive coordinator at defensive line. And Chris Richard, co-defensive coordinator, secondary coach. Remember earlier this week we spoke with um, Ross Jackson. And we asked, you know, how does that going to sort of work? And I thought he had one of the best explanations for it where, you know, hey, you just, Ryan Nielsen, you're the run game coordinator. We, we kind of see this a lot of times on offense, uh, passing game coordinator, run game coordinator that help on the offensive side of things. Well, I guess maybe that's what you do here on the defensive side of things. Now, again, we haven't heard Dennis Allen specifically speak about how he plans on using them and where he's going to use them or not, but... 
that does seem like a very plausible way to go about it, right? Chris, passing game coordinator, you put together what you think the receivers, the passing game is going to look like against our opponent. Dennis will call the plays with input of those two individuals and it allows him to probably be more of a head coach on both sides, offense and defense, kind of oversee the team. But specific game planning, breaking down film, putting together game plans, you know, delegating certain things to sort of do. And again, with the Pete Carmichael promotion, I was asked this week on another show out of Kansas City. They were like, hey, you know, are Saints fans bummed that it's not the enemy or something of that nature? And again, I kind of went with how I felt about the defensive side. It just sort of makes sense. Where you have some young receivers, you have some receivers perhaps with promise, don't know where they go with Trey Quan Smith. You know my opinion on it. I'm thanks for the memories. Um But a guy like Callaway, a guy like Deontay Harris, who you've seen take a step from the year before, can be a guy that can catch the deep ball. I think Callaway without the pressure or attention of being the number one receiver could be a really great three, if not push for the two. The draft is stock full of good receivers, free agency as well. You just kind of wonder, with all of that, though, what would it be like to completely come in and change the offense? And that's why I, I, I like the defensive side of things. It just makes sense the way the roster's currently constructed. That makes sense to you. Even if you do decide to move on from Teron Armstead, as Larry Holder mentioned yesterday, he, he thinks he could see Teron Armstead be offered $20 million in the open market. I mean, if you're Cincinnati, you're probably going to overpay. You're probably going to throw a big money, a big number out there to try to make sure he comes and bees your left tackle for Joe Burrow. That's just one of the teams. Do the Bears have, you know, help at tackle that they could use? Some, some other young teams, the Jags. You know, a lot of mock drafts have them going offensive line. What if they signed Armstead and draft with their top pick and offensive lineman at tackle? They got their two tackles of the future ready to go or linemen, however you look at it. I just don't know if the Saints should spend 20 for a couple of years. I know you need one. But as Larry pointed out yesterday of the Athletic, you don't even know how much your quarterback's going to be. I, I do get the sense and feel, especially with Carmichael's promotion, especially with the reasoning, I think, behind it, to kind of keep the offense that has produced. And, and I know fans are like, wait a minute, that, that hasn't produced it last year. It, you, you need the personnel, okay? You need the personnel, even with those receivers and that receiving group from last year, which I do think there'll be some changes, but... Even with them, if Michael Thomas had played, it's a different receiving core. You can't underestimate losing your starting center in the opening drive of the season for games. The impact that that had. Then you essentially had an offensive line that was beat to heck all season long. That's if Jameis Winston would have stayed healthy all year. He was your starting quarterback. We can go back and forth. Is he Russell Wilson? Is he all these guys? Is he elite? Can you win with him? I'm just telling you, the guy won the starting job. That starter lasted several weeks. 
till October 31st on New Year's. That's it. And he was 5-2 and two at that point. So, not having him hurts your overall offensive production. You're, you're using a guy that was third and didn't even compete for the starting role in Trevor Simeon. The guy that did compete with Jameis for the starting role, he was out due to concussion and other injuries when Jameis got hurt. Couldn't even use him. Alvin Kamara missed time. Again, the offensive line. Even members of that <clears throat> receiving group, at times a suspect, they missed games. Traquan missed some time. Deontay Harris got suspended eventually. I mean, you, you, it that's hard. Like, I don't know what you could have expected out of that offense, and his team still almost make, make the playoffs. So, when you look at it, it does sort of make sense to that point. And it makes sense, especially since I think the personnel will be different. But I do think it's Jameis Winston. It just makes sense. Again, everything that this organization has done seems to be, well, well, that would make sense. Right? The guy that knows the offense with most of those young players already, let's make him the offensive coordinator. That makes sense. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Sean Payton went through, I don't know, what, five defensive coordinators till we finally settled on one that won the Super Bowl? And even since then, he's gone through a ton. Right? So, it takes time. And to think that this staff, or this inclination of Dennis Allison's staff, is going to be the one that's going to be a, a year, a year, two years from now, it's probably not accurate. Especially with Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard getting the update or getting upgraded in pay and upgraded in title, probably puts them in line a little bit more for defensive coordinator jobs next year, sole defensive coordinator jobs. So th this is just the first year of his staff, and this is the first year of where they go. So, again, sort of just makes sense. But it was official. It's now on the Saints team page, and we can now say these are now the members of the Dennis Allen staff, right? Joe, thanks for giving us a call here from the North Shore, sir. How are you? Doing fine. What you going to do about quarterback? I just told you. I, I think it makes sense with Jameis Winston. I, I think, you again, he's a free agent. He's a free agent, so he has to agree to it. I will just say this. Even in Marcus Williams' Instagram post yesterday, and he's bench Wait. pressing, and he's got a graphic that says free agency countdown that we talked about yesterday. Um, <laughs> he's, he's not wearing Saints gear. Everything and any time you see Jameis Winston working out, he's wearing Saints gear. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a wink-wink handshake, unspoken deal already um, for him to come back. That That's just my feeling. You don't want Carson Wentz? Well, again, if Carson Wentz... <laughs> here's my whole thing with Carson, Jimmy, all these other guys. Their current teams are openly saying they can do better. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I've never seen this. I, Joe, I, I I kept saying this for years or, or for the last couple of weeks. It literally is the analogy I used last week. The analogy is like coveting someone else's ex-girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. my I, I didn't care for my girl, but what about, you know, she might be better with you than me. I mean, it's it's crazy. You, T. Joe, you don't want your girl anymore. You want to break up with her. I don't like mine either. Um, how about you date mine and I'll date yours? I mean, that's literally what the it's NFL is right now. It's crazy. Same thing with the wives. The little swapperoo for the weekend. <laughs> <Yeah? laughs> I, I don't know if that ever Real really quick. works out though. At the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Real quick. Yeah. 
I had to call to let you know. Do you know about Grambling State? What about Grambling State? Hiring, hiring Art Bryle, says the OC. Hmm. you got to be kidding me. This guy is nasty. He is wrong. He's filthy. Oh, I'm losing you. Let me call you back. Okay. UT Joe giving his thoughts on those hires here as well. Quick break. We come back. We'll take more of your phone calls. We'll check in and see how the intern is doing as well. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Bright light said it gonna set my soul. Gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn. So get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care. And I am just a devil with love and spare. So Viva Las Vegas. Viva. The new year is here at Greg LeBlanc Toyota, and we're celebrating. Check out the fresh new inventory arriving daily, plus great deals now at Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Check out the all-new, redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Greg LeBlanc Toyota has given top dollar for your trade. We want your trade-in. Or check the inventory online Online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These super savings won't last long. Greg's got the deals. South Hollywood Road, Homa. Shop now. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets bakes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, sight-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ-50 and AZ-55 gavel backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Galvaloom. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Oh, big talker, ain't you? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Welcome back. Sports Hangover, your home for Pelicans basketball. We'll get back at it tomorrow. Taking on Phoenix on the road, Lakers on Sunday. And also entering the second weekend of college baseball. A couple midweek games here as well. we like to check in with Matt Reiser. Head coach of your Southeastern Lions. Coach, how are you? Good. Doing fantastic, man. Appreciate you having me on the show. Yep, for sure, man. Always appreciate it. Uh, all right, so let's go back. The season started last Friday. You guys picked up a one nothing win and then a 4-3 win on Saturday before dropping the final game of that series 10-3. to What did you think of the opening weekend? 
You know, open weekends are weird. <laughs> uh, they are what they are. You know, you, you got a veteran club offensively that, you know, you think you come out and swing the bats really, really well. Uh, you know, we're banged up a little bit on the mound, and mm-hmm. lo and behold, open a weekend, it was the flip, right? We, I thought we pitched it really, really well there Friday and Saturday, uh, and obviously the offense didn't score the runs we thought they would this weekend. We're still dealing with some injuries. Uh, uh, Evan Keller is still out at shortstop four, so we had to start a true freshman and T.J. Savaggio there, who did a fantastic job uh, defensively. You know, offensively, he's still a little green, but uh, to take a series two out of three open a weekend, you know, Gus, I mean, I'm, I'm – I'm greedy a little bit. I want all three of them, right? Sure. Uh, but to get that open series uh, weekend, I thought would get us off to a good start. Set so a midweek, you go out there to KDN and take on the Cajuns. And, you know, that program there, uh, they, they, they made no bones about it. Beginning of the season, I was speaking to somebody that uh, covers them over there. And coach over there says, hey, look, we're, we're a regional team. Bottom line, that's where they want to be. So we've talked about this, Coach. The midweek games in this state – or just just as tough and difficult as our weekend games. So you get up there, and you guys go back and forth and have to go into extra innings. You drop it six to five, but what a battle that was. Yeah, you know, anytime that our club uh, you know matches up with them, it's going to be a battle. A, a lot of uh, similar mindset of kids, you know, very blue-collar kids that love to compete, and it got that way there Tuesday night. Uh, you know, like you said, a back and forth, uh, kind of heavyweight bout. You know, we're, I mean, just some quality baseball and, and not obviously Louisiana, not only Louisiana, but obviously in the country as well. It's yeah. probably the premier games that was there on Tuesday night. So, uh, they, and they are, they, you know, we, we're a regional club. I think, uh, Lafayette is for sure a regional club, you know, and, and with the venue, there's possibility they could have, you know, in all honesty, looking at that staff and looking at their offense, that they could possibly be a, a regional host. Um, really like what Coach Deggs has always done. You know, we've done our battles in the years at mm-hmm. Sam Houston State when he was over there and, uh, just a lot of fun, man. I can't tell you that if there's a, a better environment to be in when you got both sides of dugouts that are very similar mindset like that and compete that hard. You told us last week, speak with Matt Reiser, head coach of the Southeastern Lions baseball team, that you wanted a team that was going to be competitive and battled back and forth. And that game was sort of similar, or I guess kind of representative of that, right? You go down 2 nothing, get one in the third, they get two. But you get two in the sixth, and then in the ninth, send it to extras. And you get a run in the tenth that possibly could have won you the game. So uh, it, it was there for the taking, right? Is that the lesson learned? It's just right there. you got to make that extra play? No doubt, no doubt. You know, and that's what we talked about post-game afterwards. You know, do, do we want to win? Absolutely. I mean, these guys, you know, hate to lose. I think that's more important than wanting to win. And um, so obviously they were, you know, <clears throat> it stung a little bit there on Tuesday night, but in the same sense we talked about it. Hey, man, that's, that's one of the battles. And if we compete like that and we stay in that process and that plan of what we're trying to do day in and day out, the result eventually will be there. So understand that there's, there's still a war, still early uh, in the war, right? We're only four games in. There's a sure. long season ahead of us. But if we compete in that nature, uh, if we stay in that mindset with everybody we play, regardless of who's in that dugout, uh, then we're going to be in great shape. We're going to have a really nice club that's going to win a lot of ball games and put us where we want to be at the end of the season. Before we wrap up and get to this weekend, Coach, one of the things I want to do when I have you on during a week, too, is for those who maybe don't listen to the game throughout or miss the game or so, is there a player or two that you kind of want to uh, single out and just point out that had a really good, say, start to the season so far through four games? Yeah, you know, we talked about Shea Thomas a little bit last week at third base here for us. I thought, you know, um, I thought he had a, a pretty uh, uh, offensive weekend for us in, in the first four games. He's done a good job there in the box. And, Played a tremendous defense, man. The play he made on Saturday to end the game, uh, it, was just, it was a big league play in all honesty. And then, you know, for T.J. Savaggio to fill in like he did defensively, uh, for Evan Keller there at shortstop, I mean, that, 
second ball of the season goes to him. He makes an unbelievable play up the middle. Um, you know, to be able to play the defense that we did, we still had a thousand on the weekend to make our first air until Tuesday night. So to be able to do that defensively is going to put us in a good, a good position, right? Once we get this offense going to score some runs, and um, I think on the mound, I think the, the the two that I really liked, also we know about Will Kinsler um, and then a few of those other guys that will be coming back. Brennan Stewart will hopefully come back by April. But I thought Andrew Landry against SIUE was really, really good on Saturday. Unfortunately, got the loss there on Tuesday against ULL, but he'll be fine. He's really um, just it's it's starting to emerge, right? Starting to mature in what he's coming into. And then Lance Love starts on Tuesday night, uh, a true freshman to go in that type of environment in Lafayette and handle mm-hmm. himself the way he did and compete the way he did. He's going to have a bright, bright future and a bright season. Nice. Thanks for that, Coach. Uh, I got a listener asking me what he kind of touched on it quickly about Brennan Stupich and his um, his road to recovery so far. So you said April, huh? Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. Uh, you know, maybe into March, first of April is kind of our timeline. He got released last week by Dr. Savoy, uh, and is now you know on the road to the building. Uh, we've had a couple bullpens so far through through his bullpen. I guess that was on Tuesday night there in Lafayette, and everything so far in recovery. Two days later, we're, we've been in good shape. Uh, our trainer Cruz Dunn does a fantastic job with these guys, man. He's the best in the country. His work ethic is the best uh, in the country just as far as his knowledge of what he's doing. And so uh, he's in great hands there, and we anticipate hopefully having him back by the start of conference. All right, Coach, this weekend you're back over at the Pat, and you're going to be hosting UAB. What can you tell us about the Blazers? Yeah, you know, a brand-new team. Uh, Casey Dunn has made the, the jump from Stanford and Birmingham uh, to UAB there in Birmingham, right, and changed logos a little bit. Casey's always done a fantastic job there at Stanford. You know, with that club, they were in the regional last year at Stanford, and now he's going over to UAB trying to build the same thing. And uh, he's a worker, man. He got in there this summer with this transfer portal and uh, got some players in there. They've got their two best hitters back as well. And they had a really nice weekend against Northwestern out of the Big Ten. Uh, got four games this weekend. They swept them. Uh, swung the bat really, really well. They've got a couple of transfers in there. I think the, the Friday night guy is a transfer from Auburn. Uh, who's in there uh, on Friday, and they've got a, a one of their premier arms back, uh, Eau Claire. Um, so it'll be a, a, a good test for us. Uh, I think he's done a good job of going in there and making that thing a, uh, a competitor here early uh, in his career at UAB. Uh, you know, that's, that's the day and nature of the transfer portal. <laughs> kind of like junior college. You can get good real quick with a transfer portal if you get the right guys in there. So uh, it'll be a good weekend. It'll be a fun weekend, another competitive weekend for us uh, to be able to get after it and continue to build. Yeah, Coach, we talked about this when you joined us last week, the start of the season. You you were going to find out a little bit about your team with the tests that you were going to have, not only after UAB, got Tulane next week, the midweek game, and then Louisiana Tech on Wednesday. So two midweek games, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. over there at the Pat Tulane and La Tech. And then you head on over to Arkansas, currently ranked number three in the weekend, and, and then Tech again. So we'll, we'll figure out how, how the Lions are doing, Coach. <laughs> we'll be in good shape, man. As long as these guys keep competing, staying with that plan and process, I promise you we'll have the result we get. But you want that, though, right? I mean, you want to you want to be playing good teams and competitive. Not only, I think, to see where you're at, but I do think that's how you get better, right? Well, the 100%. That's how you get better. That's how you get prepared to win a conference championship. And, and that's our number one goal, right? The regular season uh, is to win a regular season title. And then we'll move on to goal number two, three, four, and five as you know, we progress to the postseason. But goal number one is always win a regular season title. And uh, I don't think we can get more prepared than what we've done with this non-conference schedule for a conference play once it gets here. No doubt. At Lion Up Baseball is the way to follow Southeastern Baseball throughout the season on Twitter. And we'll have Coach uh, Matt Reiser on to give us weekly updates. If you're cool with that, I love it, man. Thank you so much for your time today. 
Gus, appreciate it. See you next week, buddy. Yeah, for sure. Right, Coach bye-bye. Matt Reiser. Again, UAB, the three games coming up over the weekend, 6 p.m. on Friday, 2 p.m. on Saturday, 1 p.m. on Sunday, and then next Tuesday and Wednesday over there in Hammond. Tulane on Tuesday, La Tech on Wednesday, and Tech yesterday um, getting that win over LSU. And, you know, <laughs> I felt like calling Sean today. I mean, you were talking about taking victory laps. I mean, <laughs> at Fox 4 Sports Talk, go, go ahead and go go look at his Twitter handle. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I you know, I, I, they should be happy. I mean, LSU was ranked two, and they beat him 11-6. to six. 12 hits. I wonder if he was as cold as he thought he was going to be in that game for sure. But it was interesting seeing we had Leah Van, who covers the Tigers for the Picayune and Advocate, and you know, she kind of previewed that matchup here as well. And she was posting photos of the environment. And, you know, when we spoke with Sean on Wednesday. He was like, hey, he's seeing tickets on the secondary market for 160 bucks." I mean, I, there, there was there was a lot of people there um, going into it. So good win by La Tech. And again, I just I keep saying that the state of baseball in Louisiana is is something else. It is pretty good. So. Quick, uh, when we come back, we will go and talk a little bit more about whether or not that float over in chaos, does it cross the line or not? Love to hear from you, Pels fans, Saints fans as well. Your thoughts that it's now official from the co-coordinators and things of that nature. Luke Johnson's going to join us coming up in a 2 o'clock hour here as well. And then coming up at one fifteen, Mike Silva, he is the head coach of the Nickel Colonels. They played Tulane last night. We're going to try to fit in David Kahn when the bus stops. They're driving to Ruston. He's calling Tulane baseball right now. So we'll try to do that here as well. Don't go anywhere. It's the sports hangover on your home for Pelicans basketball. ESPN New Orleans.